This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Into another edition of another Dolphins podcast. And if there is one thing that I have in common with Jalen Ramsey, it's that we're back. We are back. You get the whiny <laughs> voice. Jalen Ramsey has returned to the football field. But before we get into all the news surrounding the Miami Dolphins, I not only have to welcome in Merrick and Josh, I have to give you guys a huge thank you for absolutely killing the pod while I was gone Friday and Monday. You guys are awesome. You guys are pretty smart Dolphin fans. And don't want to get to your head, but you're kind of funny too. Hey, yeah, all right. I like to throw in a joke here and there on these things, see if anybody gets them. But we're happy to have you back, Jake. I don't think either of us realize how difficult uh, your job is as as the captain of this ship. You you keep us headed in the right direction. You corral us in when, when we get a little too far out there. And we were left to our own devices trying to do that on our own a couple times uh you know, earlier this week and, the, and late last week as well. So we're happy to have you back. And that just means this is about to be the best podcast ever, right? Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. So what he said, I'm, I hope you feel better. I hope that your trip with your work was good. But yeah, we definitely missed you. Hopefully you liked the um, the Captain Crunch Photoshop I did. I don't know. I was sitting there getting ready to message you. And we just put, glad to have the captain back this Wednesday. And before I hit send, I was like, Dude, I should put his face on Captain Crunch. And then I was like, it's going to be hard to find a picture of his face. And then you had the perfect Abby. And I was like, my, my world's complete. So, yeah, we're glad to have you back. And I'm sure this is going to be the best podcast we've ever had. So um, make sure you listen to this podcast. Check it out. Like it. Give us a bunch of uh, five-star reviews. And, yeah, this will be the best podcast we've done. I think and- they're already listening. If they heard you say that, I think they already clicked play. Josh, I got to know, if you would like to watch the show, if you would like me to see me standing in my Jay Cutler jersey, if you'd like to see Josh's fancy hat, slide over to YouTube, 560 WQAM YouTube channel. You'll see all our beautiful faces there, so go ahead and check that out. But gentlemen, the Dolphins were down 14-0, and then everything changed. I I just want to get your guys' thoughts, because I heard of a text thread, or a message thread (laughs) between you guys that... You guys are getting a little queasy on Sunday, huh? Oh, yeah. we Our emotions as Dolphins fans change with the win. You've always been the, the calmer of the trio here, Jake. And you're always like, hey, guys, chill. Everything will work out. And we're like, no, the sky is falling <laughs> hard and fast now. Uh, please don't clip that part of the, the podcast and use it for other things. But, uh, yeah, we, we were going back and forth on that. Josh, are you over the queasiness of being down 14 nothing? Yeah, and I, like I told him, we were still queasy, but at the same time, you knew that this team could just go out there and, you know, I don't want to say score at will, but kind of score at will. So um, we saw it after they went down 14 nothing. They came right back. I think they went up, what, was it 17-14 at one point? This game just ended up they just 14. pulled away, yeah, and it was just uh, game over. But 
dude, um, it's just nice to have this type of team, right, Jake? What were your yeah. thoughts? Because we didn't get to hear how you felt about this game. What what did you think sitting there down, you know, seven nothing? Then you're like, okay, they came to play. The Dolphins are gonna bounce back, and then we punted, and then 14 nothing. What were your thoughts, Jake? What was going through your mind? Now that I think about it, I'm a sucker. I am a total sucker because I was sitting there 14 nothing, little queasy. But then Tyree Kill had like a 20-yard reception, and as he's going to the sideline, you just see him run over to the crowd and just like hyping everyone up, like, let's go, it's our time. And that right there told me, like, these guys aren't going to roll over. I, I know that sounds so lame it, it, out loud, but, like, this was a team that they even knew down 14-0. It's like, all right, it's go time. We know what we're capable of. And to me, I mean, that level of confidence is just something we haven't seen in so long, and I rave about Tyree Kill all the time, and – it is just so special to know that 14 points means absolutely nothing. Um, I actually work with a Panthers fan, and one of the most frustrating things about this game, I thought, was dealing with Adam Thielen, right? How could we not cover Adam Thielen? However, spin zone, we kind of get to it in our own heads as Dolphin fans. He's responded with, well, you let Adam Thielen get his 120 and a touchdown, and nobody else did anything. So keep that in mind as we're a little frustrated about what Adam Thielen did. That, that are my initial thoughts uh, about what Sunday's game uh, turned out to be. Look, let's be honest. You're just saying that because you did you not have Adam Thielen in a certain parlay? Don't don't you want to talk about this parlay, Mister um, Scrooge McDuck over here, Scrooge Mc Scrooge McMendel? He's swimming in those ducks, that. baby. That's the Photoshop with this podcast. I'll have you on Scrooge McDuck's body with your cash, your little bag. Let's I hear. do want to get to that, and just because I, you guys said it, this is not me. Just because I'm the maestro. I think Jalen Ramsey. We got to talk about Jalen Ramsey first because I am so jacked up to see that on Wednesday, October 18th, that number five was out on the practice field, new haircut and all. Gentlemen, how jazzed up were you to see Jalen Ramsey back on the practice field? In extremely jazzed up. Uh, not only is Jalen Ramsey back on the practice field, but now there's rumblings that he's coming back before the bye week, that he's going to play in Germany against Kansas City. And that, that's not confirmed yet. That's that's a rumor. So we'll Sounds like something feet. someone said on this podcast. You can go ahead and say okay, it. Okay, all right. I might have been the first guy to bring that up and put that out into the ether, and, and maybe I willed it to be true. And hopefully it does end up being true. But if you're going to – like I said, if you're Jalen Ramsey and you're ahead of schedule and you're going to pick your first game back, why wouldn't you have it be that game in Germany against a, a, a top-tier offense, a top-tier team, defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs? You get to go out there. You're the only game on at that time. All eyeballs are on you. Why wouldn't you do that? So it's it looks like it might be trending in that direction. At the very least, he'll be back after the bye, and we'll get to see Jalen Ramsey add to this team, add to this defense, and, and help us, you know, on on our quest to the playoffs and beyond. What what's the maximum jazzed upness, Jake? Is there like what's the what's at the top of it? We're above smooth jazz. Um, is scatting is scat scatting's a form of jazz, right? I don't, don't Google know. it. Yeah, I, I think you're talking about something completely different. So. Um, I'm, I'm guessing. Isn't, isn't that when people like the shoe bop and, and like the, it's it's like the OG something. I think there's a scat man out there. I don't want to look it up, but okay. So we'll say scatting is at the very just, top. It is yeah, definitely just not. Do not make sure you're not around your children when you Google scatting. I'm, I'm very. Well, I'm sorry. Whatever I just pulled us into because all I know <laughs> is so I'm the scat man. That's so we'll say, all I know. 
So we'll say the maximum level is scatting. So we are scatting with this Jalen Ramsey return. Um, I think I, mean, I think opposing offenses are scatting when they see Jalen Ramsey's yeah. coming oh, back. Okay. Right, yeah. But but is it not the perfect time? I mean, we got Xavier Howard with groin injuries. We see the defense; they're just not quite there yet. I'm stoked to get Jalen Ramsey back and to just think, you know, we're gonna get Connor Williams back at some point. Did not practice today. Devon H hands coming back and what? three more weeks and then Teron Armstead. I mean, the Dolphins are five and one right now. If we can keep our head afloat, uh, the best football is still to come. And to think about that, you know, when we just dropped 70 on the Broncos, when you just went down 14 to the Panthers and somehow came back and showed new life. I mean, uh, good things are ahead. If you're getting Jalen Ramsey back right now at this point in the season. So hopefully he's back for that Kansas city chiefs game. Mayor can take credit for that because he absolutely predicted that on the last podcast. Dude, you were saying it, and I completely agreed with you. The only reason I thought it was a little weird at first is just the, the trip, right? Flying all the way to Germany. Is he really going to want to go through all that? And then I realized this dude's been itching to play on this team for months. Like, what? of course he's going to – if that's, like, the difference in playing and not playing, I mean, of course he's going to play. So, Merrick, I want to ask you, what does adding a Super Bowl champion, a three-time first-team All-Pro, a six-time Pro Bowler, and most importantly, a Pro Football Writers of America – all rookie team member 2016. What does that in Jalen Ramsey do to Vic Fangio's defense? I think he's he's a piece that's very much needed right now. Josh alluded to it. You know, this defense is a little banged up, and, and not only are they banged up injury wise, I think they're I think their pride's hurting them a little bit. I think they expected to be a little bit better than they are right now. Um, you know, they've they've shown well against teams with poor offenses like the Patriots and the Giants and the Panthers, um, but, but good offenses like the Chargers and the Buffalo Bills just kind of ran through them a little bit. So you, you get a player back uh, of, of that caliber, of that quality. Not only is he good for you on the field, but he's also a locker room leader. He, he boosts morale, he lifts spirits, and he brings that championship pedigree to the team. So uh, I would imagine they're very excited to get him back. All reports are that he looked amazing at practice today. Tua said he even got to go against him a little bit. So it wasn't like Ramsey was out there just stretching and, and, and smiling on the sidelines. He was in there. He was taking reps, which is super exciting. Um, so, you know, it's just he has a it's good feels. Though, right? Didn't McDaniel oh, say he's not completely cleared? Sure, sure, sure. And they he already ruled him out not playing this Sunday against the Eagles. So he still has has to ramp himself up and and get back to full participation before we can even dream about him being on the field. But it sounds like it's happening sooner rather than later, and that that can mean nothing but good things for this Miami Dolphins defense. Yeah, I have three kids, and never have more kids than what you're capable of handling because they're starting to take over right now while I'm trying to do this podcast. So um, I'm, I'm just stoked that Jalen Ramsey was out there. We saw a lot of the beat writers posting the videos, right, him bobbing around. He seems like he's ready to go. Um, so to get that type of presence back, again, when X's groin's banged up, when you still see this defense struggling, I think it means everything to this defense. Holy, holy shit. They're excited too. Yeah, I mean, and you have to be because you're getting Jalen Ramsey back, probably the best cornerback in all of football. You're getting him back in the next few weeks while you're trying to make that push for the playoffs. So um, this is great. This was the best thing you could possibly wake up for. I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're all having a day. It's a big old day. Uh, Merrick, I want to – I'm curious. So – this actually surprises me a little bit. Xavier Howard's been targeted in coverage more than any other player on the Miami Dolphins. He's been targeted 36 times, allowed 26 receptions, 262 yards. Um, Is that him true? And, him Is and that Tater true? Kuhu That surprises each, me. 
Him and Cater Kohu have each allowed two touchdowns. Um, Cater Kohu has surrendered 84 yards. I guess what I'm trying to get at here is how do opposing offenses change about how they're approaching this Dolphins team? It doesn't seem like teams are afraid to throw at Xavier Howard, and that's kind of how Xavier Howard has always made his money is betting on himself, right? Go ahead, try to throw it, see what happens, that that type of thing. Uh AKA that's how it leads to interceptions. Uh, but you know, then you got Eli Apple, um, 19 receptions on 31 targets, 216 yards, uh, three pass breakups. How does the totem pole start to really solidify itself with Ramsey? Is it limiting linebackers? Is it limiting some cornerbacks? Do you just make it so it's like a three safety type thing? I think that's the the magic of Jalen Ramsey. He can he can play anywhere. He can play corner. He can play safety. He can play a little bit of linebacker. He can play slot corner. Um, so you're going to be able to see him kind of get matched up all over the field. You can you can put him in 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 different areas and, and see him excel. He what do they call him? That that star player, I believe, is is Joker the name. Joker. Star and Joker. Yep, star and Joker. Up oh, there's yeah. the kitten. <laughs> that's that that's kind of going to be his role he's going to be able to do a little bit of everything i think i think javon holland has kind of been playing that role over the last few weeks you've seen him down in the box a little we bit we called more. that jake we called that Yes, you guys did. And and so I think you're going to free up Javon Holland to be to be a little bit deeper. Maybe that allows Javon Holland to, to get his hands on some some footballs, maybe get some interceptions. Maybe we can finally get some turnovers when Jalen Ramsey comes back. That's actually a thing that the, the Dolphins have struggled with quite a bit this year. I believe they only have two takeaways through six games. Maybe I'm maybe my math's a little off on that. But and they've been playing teams that like to give the ball away you know the the giants like to give the ball away the panthers like to give the ball away they didn't get any turnovers against the panthers so maybe when Jalen ramsey comes back that might be your answer maybe you'll start to see some more turnovers from this dolphins defense which will allow this dolphins offense to score even more points i i do think we were kind of um you know we we got all those turnovers when Josh Boyer was here. Brian Flores in that one season it wasn't like twenty-one or twenty-two in a row, right? We were kind of, um, you know, we kind of knew that we were eventually going to come down to earth. But you do want to see us eventually get some turnovers. I do think Jalen Ramsey is going to mean a lot to that defense. I mean, imagine being Vic Fangio. You know, you're devising this defense mid-season or you know in the off-season, and you're coming into the year, and you think you're going to Jalen Ramsey, and he goes down. I mean, it's going to mean everything to this defense. He can come down. He's that versatile piece. You got now. You know, Javon Hahn, like Merrick say, can drop back and do more of that stuff. We'll see how it all works out and just hope that, you know, everything works out because um, until he's out there, I'm just going to sit back and, and just watch and, and kind of hang hang tight and just wait for his return because when you get Jalen Ramsey back, you know, depending on what the Dolphins' record is, I mean, that's a huge guy to add to that defense. And um, you mentioned what it means. It helps that linebacking core, which we got to figure out what Andrew Van Ginkle's going to do, right? I mean, Andrew Van Ginkle's a guy that continues to impress what are your guys' thoughts on Andrew Van Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. So Andrew Van Ginkle has always been one of my favorite players on this defense. Um, you know, he had a limited role last year, the year before that, but he's come back and he's filled in, you know, for an ailing Jalen Phillips. He had that oblique injury and didn't he have another injury? Didn't, wasn't Jalen Phillips dealing with something earlier in the year as well? Was it back? Was it like a lower back injury? Something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been banged up quite a bit, but Andrew Van Ginkle slid right in and, and really hasn't skipped a beat. He's been the most effective pass rusher for the Dolphins so far this season, which is great to see. We've talked about that before, but he was almost not a member of the 2023 Miami Dolphins until Vic Fangio pulled out the phone and, and, and gave him a call. And then Tyreek snatched the phone from him and did a backflip and said, get on in here, AVG. That probably didn't happen, but we can't be certain. But uh, Andrew Van Ginkle, the rich get richer. When Jalen Phillips comes back, he he is back. But when he gets 100% healthy, and then you get Jalen Ramsey in on that defense as well, like – like I said, rich get richer. You can't have too many pass rushers. That's not a thing. Uh, the Dolphins are, are trying to prove that here this year. While the sack numbers are maybe a little bit lower than this defense would hope, the the pressure numbers are, are through the roof. They're, they're getting to the quarterback at one of the highest rates of any defense this season. Um, so hopefully those numbers can turn into a little bit more sacks and this defense will be better off for it. So it's interesting. And there's this idea that the Dolphins offense has – work to do they have room to grow and and i completely agree with you but some numbers here um the dolphins currently rank sixth in pressure percentage they're third in sacks and 18th in blitz rate so this is a team that is doing a little bit of damage especially andrew van ginkle like you said he has a 90 overall pro football focus grade that's eighth among all edge defenders and merrick on monday you spoke about how you didn't necessarily want andrew van ginkle being a middle linebacker which i totally get he's been an absolute stud rushing the passer um, it looks like how many snaps did Jalen Phillips play last week? I think it was about 30 ish. Yeah. So how, how does that work where, you know, you have Bradley Chubb who believe it or not, according to pro football focus is Miami's best player in coverage. I know that's not true. I know it's limited sample size and fun with numbers, but how does this group start to really discover its identity when you're trying to have three players rush when there's only two edges? Well, that's tough, right? it's tough to see where these guys are fitting in here. Um, But uh, thankfully it's not my job to figure it out. It's not Mm -hmm. my job to, to say who plays where and when that's the coach's job to figure it out. And from my perspective, a fan's perspective, the more pass rushers, the better, especially in Miami, that South Florida heat, you know, you're trying to keep bodies fresh as the season moves along. You got injuries setting in and maybe not even injuries that keep players out for, 
full games, but at least, you know, nagging things that keep them at less than 100% throughout these contests. You know, people wear down as the season goes on. So so having these guys at your disposal, and not just Andrew Van Ginkle and Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, but even a guy like Emmanuel Ogba, who's been a good pass rusher in this league throughout the years. Having these guys on your team right now, that is a luxury that a lot of other teams just don't have. And you see teams looking for pass rush help uh, all throughout the season, but but the Dolphins seem to be set. And like those numbers that you just uh, that you just said there indicate, Jake, this actually is a pretty good pass rushing defense, um, despite what some uh, people on Twitter might have you believe. It, when when people start blitzing, it just kind of changes your idea of pass rushing, right? When you think of a pass rush, you do kind of have that Josh Boyer in your head of like there's seven guys running at your face. Uh, Andrew Van Ginkle currently ranks eighth in total snaps among Miami Dolphins defenders. Um, Christian Wilkins is right above him. So is Bradley Chubb. Zach Sealer is right behind him. So Andrew Van Ginkle has played in all six games. Jalen Phillips has played half of those. If you had to shake that crystal ball, Joshua, how far does Andrew Van Ginkle drop? I, I know it's kind of hard to, to not you know see what's happening, but, but think about it this way, right? Every team needs a sixth man. Do you see Andrew Van Ginkle solidifying himself as that sixth man? Is he maybe the second guy off the bench? How does that happen as Jalen uh, Phillips works his way back? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Jalen Phillips guy, so it's hard for me to sit here and, you know, say that he needs to give up some of those snaps. But, I mean, with what Andrew Van Ginkle's doing right now, I mean, we heard Vic Fangio say, you know, he's not only an edge rusher, but he's also an uh, interior linebacker. So, for me, I would find a way to, you know, obviously Andrew Van Ginkle's not going to get the same amount of snaps, but have him, you know, split some of that time at edge and also at inside linebacker. Maybe Jerome Baker comes off the field at times. David Long Jr.'s look pretty darn good. But even then, maybe you take him off the field if you know that Ginkle's going to be coming at the quarterback. So I think for as good as he's been, you find a way to get him involved. But um, there's no doubt in my mind, once Jalen Phillips is healthy again, we're going to see him back out there. But I continue to think – okay. I continue to think if you bring Andrew Van Ginkle in and you give Bradley Chubb some time on the bench, you know, Jalen Phillips, you keep them fresh late in the game to get those guys when they're out there with less reps, you know, coming down at a quarterback late in the game when they're all sweating there in Hard Rock Stadium. I mean, uh, that's also a good problem to have. So I like the sixth man mentality. I think Vic Fangio can use him at in inside linebacker and also off the edge, but um, it's definitely a good problem to have. My favorite thing to do is look at uh, how often players are targeted. Um, shout out Jerome Baker. He allowed three receptions on three targets on Sunday. Six total yards. That's the type of consistency I think this Dolphins defense has been missing. It's the, you know, the, the flailing on tackles. It's just not making opposing offenses inch their way down the field. And I think that's what having someone like Jalen Phillips can kind of help you do. I'm just very excited to see how you can keep Andrew Van Ginkle involved because it's a challenge. But Merrick, I mean, you, you say it all the time and it, and it just kind of hits me over the head each time. It's not a bad problem to have. All problems mm -hmm. aren't bad. And that's so vital when talking about Andrew Van Ginkle and this defensive front. Something I want to ask you guys, Christian Wilkins, two more sacks. What's happening? It sounds like Christian Wilkins is going to be headed to the bank to pick up a rather large check here soon either from one Steven Ross or another owner from a different NFL team. If, if the Dolphins and, and Wilkins can't come to terms on this monster deal that he, you know, he bet on himself and he's well on his way to earning um, if he keeps these sack numbers up. Now the Dolphins still have the option to franchise tag him. And I believe 
last time I checked the, the franchise tag for a defensive tackle was somewhere in the range of 20 to 21 million a year, which kind of sounds like what the dolphins were willing to pay him. Uh, but it also sounds like Wilkins was looking to kind of reset that market and maybe get upwards of 25 million a year. So, uh, you know, 20 million a year sounds like a lot to me, but I guess that's a bargain for a, a stud defensive tackle. So if Wilkins continues to put up the type of numbers that he is putting up, you might see the Dolphins, you know, pull the trigger on that franchise tag. It's still quite expensive uh, for an interior defensive lineman, but he has been getting to that quarterback a little bit more. He's on pace for 10 sacks, that magical double-digit number that puts you in the upper echelon of pass rushing defensive tackles and allows you to make well into the uh, $20 million, $25 million range. Uh, and he's setting himself for, up for that right now. Yeah, right now he's, what, third on the team? It looks like uh, Van Ginkle and Steeler are tied with uh, first with four sacks, and then he's there right behind them with three and a half sacks. So, um, you know, you wanted him to get sacks to maybe get that big contract. Maybe that's why some people were saying he wasn't worth all that money. He's going out there and proving it right now. So he's been playing consistent. Zach, Steeler, those guys up front, you really don't want to separate those two guys. But uh, like you mentioned, Merrick, I think it's more likely that he potentially gets that franchise tag than maybe a long-term deal because the Dolphins have way too many guys they got to, you know, sign long-term. The more you think about how awesome that offense looks, all those guys up there, I mean – there's so many guys on this roster that's going to be getting uh, a big, big payday. Andrew Van Ginkle, you know, who we're talking about here. So, um, yeah, man. The thing that kind of I think is funny, um, Vic Vangio, he came out and had that quote about how he felt that Christian Wilkins was a little rusty to begin the season and how that kind of played a role, him sitting out uh, during training camp. And some people kind of thought that was con uh, concerning. Some people even went to Christian Wilkins with those comments. He kind of no commented it, which is the thing to do. Merrick, do you see any type of issue boiling up there? Because for me, I, I do see how it can make people uncomfortable, a little awkward. Uh, but Vic Fangio, being the age he is, I mean, he's he did not grow up as a PR football coach. He's just downright football coach. Yeah, he's not going to sugarcoat anything. Vic Fangio is going to tell you exactly how he feels about any situation at any given moment. And he gave his honest opinion. He thought that Christian Wilkins started the season slow, which, I mean, he kind of did. You know, he wasn't wasn't the typical Christian Wilkins that, that we uh, thought maybe he would be. And if you remember, the Chargers ran all over the Dolphins in that first game. They were just straight down the field with Austin Eckler, game one, just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. So um, he's, he's certainly gotten better as the season's gone along. Uh, and Vic Fangio said, hey, he was a little rusty. And when Christian Wilkins was asked about it, he said, well, that's his opinion. Eh, all right, then. We'll, we'll see where that relationship goes from here on out. But I don't see Vic Fangio changing the way he does things. And I don't see Christian Wilkins changing the way he does things either. So, you know, it, it's just one of those situations where you get this. I don't know how old Vic Fangio is, is mid-60s. You get a guy like that. He's coaching a bunch of guys in their, their early to mid-20s. And it's just a, a, a different a generational gap, so to speak. And I think they're all right. But I do know one thing. Winning cures all ills. The Miami Dolphins are 5-1. and one. They've been doing a whole lot of winning as of late. And hopefully they'll continue to do a whole lot of winning and uh, you know, comments like that will just be pushed off to the side, and they won't be blown up and turned into big deals. As a big, as a big Vic Fangio guy, I do wish he would get down there on the sidelines, though. I, I don't want to see him up there at the top. I want to see him getting down there and intimidating these guys. I don't know what about that rubs me the wrong way, but I think these guys would really buy in if he was down there on the field, but I'm probably just uh, an idiot.
<laughs> I'm probably reading too much into it, but yeah, there is. I think I saw Javon Holland like a few tweets, re- retweet a couple of things, just kind of talking about how coaches, uh, some coaches defend their players type of thing and just kind of says the, the negative stuff in-house and, and stuff like that. I do think Mike McDaniel and Vic Fangio is like the perfect odd couple. I mean, we've all had office jobs and I think there's always going to be that boss. That's a hard ass, but then you always have the boss. You can just go talk to him and be like, you know, I feel a little better now. And it all kind of blows over. So I agree with you guys that um, it's, it's like a, it comes up on the radar, but it, it goes away pretty quickly, especially when you're winning football games. Gentlemen, let's talk a little offense specifically. Let's, let's start with Tua and Tyreek here because guys, the Dolphins players are being spoken about in the MVP race. And I know one of our highest rated shows was who needed just one week to match Patrick Mahomes MVP odds. So I want to ask you guys, as of right now, six weeks into the season, you have Tyree Kill on pace to break the uh, single season uh, receiving yards record. You have Tua's hair on fire to the point where uh, data sheet guys, uh, Excel spreadsheet guys just say this offense is cheating because they don't know how to justify it. <laughs> If you extend this, you know, first third of the season, give or take, um, you know, go 17 games, who would you pick for MVP? I got to go chalk. I do got to go with Tua uh, just because quarterback historically has been a uh, – or MVP, excuse me, has been a quarterback award historically. When you look back at the last however many MVPs, it's literally littered with nothing but quarterbacks. Um, And and while Tyreek Hill is doing something special and something that we may have never seen before – I think while I would probably give it to Tyreek Hill, I think the national media would be more inclined to give it to Tua. Um, would they? They don't like Tua. I guess it just depends. Who is that? A, is that a, a, a vote that, that gets voted on by the writers? Is that a Writers Association of America or whatever? Football writers? They might be. A- Dude, I just know in, in February and March, I write up so much BS, like just this award, this award story. So, so there's a, I think it's just. <laughs> I think it's done by the NFL. And then there's a pro football writers MVP as well. I believe. Yeah, I, I, be I think you're right there. Yeah. I just, it just feels like if Tua continues to put up the numbers he's putting up and he can keep the interceptions low and the Dolphins have themselves a successful season, whatever that means, AFC East crown playoff birth, maybe a playoff victory or two, God forbid an AFC championship birth, uh, a Super Bowl birth. Uh, then yeah, you're you're looking at an MVP season for Tua Tungavailoa, but it's really hard to discredit what Tyreek Hill is doing. You know, he could become the first receiver in the history of the National Football League to put up over 2,000 yards. That's crazy. Like that's wild. Like if that happens and it's never happened before, then yeah, I think you do got to give it to the wide receiver in this very special case and scenario. And and, and Tyreek Hill. A lot, we, we said it before, a lot of people scoffed at him when he said, I'm going for 2,000 yards. Well, through the next 11 games, he needs to average just 107.8 yards to get to that 2,000-yard mark. And again, 107 yards feels like a first half for Tyreek Hill. That's not even a full game. Who's so just about I, to say that? It's certainly possible. Certainly, at this point, I would say it's likely, not even just possible. So my personal vote would go to Tyreek, but I do think Tua gets it uh, if he continues the pace he's on. Tyreek looks like he's, what, 186 yards away from hitting 1,000, and he's going to be, what, going into it. It's going to be the seventh game played. So I think if you ask me who the most talented player was on the roster, you know, um, I would absolutely say Tyreek Hill. But, um, you know, you saw people debating it, and I think it's a very good, you know, point 
if the Dolphins lost to a Tungvaloa, Skylar Thompson was out there, Mike White, it would not be the same. No way in how, uh, you know, to a Tungvaloa's accuracy is the way he, um, you know, moves this offense, the way he's the leader of this offense, the way he orchestrates it, the way he knows exactly where guys are going to be and gets that ball there. I mean, you see guys that aren't even coming out of their break, and he's putting it perfectly between defenders. So um, I think most valuable player would probably be Tua Tungvaloa because if you took him out of this offense, it would not be the same. But if you're asking me who the most talented player is, the guy that, you know, again, defensive coordinators might stay up late at night, you know, dreading playing against, it has to be Tyreek Hill. Let me, let me take you guys down another path here. Does does it sound impressive or kind of more fun with numbers if someone sets their career high in touchdowns in week six? Does that sound more of like, okay, they had two? Or does that sound a little impressive? Where, where would you go if you just heard that stat out in the open? Yeah, I would need more context. I need to know, okay, well, you know, some rookies set their single season career high in week one, baby. Okay. You know what okay. I mean? So so I need to know. You, you got to give me more. All right, all right. So, so let me see how I can picture this. Guys, do you remember the year 2005? I was a fifth grade. Oh, I was in my emo phase for sure. Oh, I love you. What do you mean Ditto. you were? Black, you black you hair. Are. Remember that picture you saw of me wearing that like uh, blazer and the black hair and looking all over? Yeah, that was me too. <laughs> in 2005, there was a running back on the West Coast by the name of Sean Alexander. He had 12 touchdowns in six weeks. He eventually won the MVP that year. Yes, things have changed since then, but... Raheem Mostert, through six games, has set a career high with 11 touchdowns. We have not talked about this guy enough. And, yes, so much has changed in the 18 years since 2005. But, guys, Raheem Mostert deserves to be in the MVP conversation. He's not going to win it. Don't get me wrong. There's 0% chance he's going to win it. 11 touchdowns is bananas. And he's just throwing bodies left and right. If you want to make a highlight reel, I mean, Raheem Mostert to Larry Zonka, come on. <laughs> the best part about that stat is that when you hear Raheem Mostert has 11 touchdowns, you're like, oh man, he must be the bell cow back for Miami. You know, Miami must throw back. This is like Emmett Smith. This is like uh, Terrell Davis here. They're handing it to Mostert and no one else. Wrong. The Dolphins have so many good running backs. Devon A-Chain, who has played for like legit, like two and a half games, has seven touchdowns. He's like right up there, right behind Raheem Mostert, just a couple spots lower. So Raheem Mostert is doing all of this damage. The Miami Dolphins offense is doing all of this damage. But yeah, I'll give that to you, Jake. I think Raheem Mostert with 11 touchdowns through six games certainly uh, does deserve MVP uh, you know, votes. Like you said, probably won't win it. But hey, he can win a fantasy MVP award because Raheem Mostert is certainly carrying a lot of fantasy teams right now. Not mine. My dumbass traded him. But uh, especially for where you drafted him this year, Raheem Mostert has been a god in fantasy and in yeah. real life, too. Yeah, Jake, you said no one really mentioned it, but I do believe that you and I came on here a couple times and said how some of these fantasy analysts were saying Jeff Wilson was a dude, and we both said Raheem Mostert was our guy. So um, it's crazy. He has 11 touchdowns. I think all of last season the Miami Dolphins had, what, 12 touchdowns on the ground. So um, he's absolutely in consideration there. He talked about how this offseason he got bigger. We see him out there bulldozing through guys, you know, spinning off defenders. Uh, I believe he's now the all-time yards per carry with 5.43 i think he surpassed bo jackson one afc offensive player of the week this week for 17 carries 115 yards two touchdowns also had three catches with the touchdown he's the perfect running back for this offense but let's be honest raheem mostert wouldn't be doing that devon h would not be doing that without this offensive line so 
Um, we got to tip our hat to them. I had to make sure I wrote down hat tip to them. Even Liam Eikenberg, you know, last week, I don't think he gave up any pressures, looked active in the run game. I mean, hat tip to this offensive line, Butch Berry again. Um, but Raheem Mostert, man, he is playing his ass off. And, um, you know, it means so much to him, you know, after hearing all that noise, bringing in this veteran, you know, training for Jonathan Taylor, this, that he's out there having the best season that he could possibly have. And he's doing it in multiple ways. Raheem Mostert's contract this year, he's going to make roughly $2.2 million against the cap. So, guys, set the over at 22. Does he average $100,000 per touchdown here? Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm going over. I'm going over yep. 22. He already has 11. Come on now. That, I mean, to me, I, I just think it's so funny when you look at the, the contract of someone like Tyree Kill, and then you see Raheem Mostert making $2 million. And it's just, that's crazy to me. And, and as we wrap up here, I'm sure you guys saw the report about how uh, Pat McAfee pays people to go on his show, which is all fine and good. And, and there's a bigger discussion about uh, journalism, blah, 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 blah. Nobody, gets, nobody cares. Uh, do you guys think Pat McAfee paid Raheem Mostert more than he's going to make this year? <laughs> well, I just, I just want to chime in on that. Like, that's how I pay my mortgage is you guys pay me to come on every single time. I think I, this is my fifth episode in a row. So I was waiting for it. This is paying for my kid's college right here. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, there, God, I was actually really surprised to hear how much Aaron Rodgers was getting paid to go on on the Pat McAfee show. I wasn't surprised that he was getting paid to do this. I was surprised to hear how much I was like, Oh my God, that's, that's a good chunk of change right there. And of I, course, yeah, I will I huff, I will huff rubber cement and do the exact same stuff that Aaron Rodgers does. I mean, <laughs> he is just, he's a glue eater for sure. A crane eater. He is, he is up. There. He's unhinged on that program. And it, it I have no issue with, with, with guys paying people to be on their show. Everyone's got to, you know, make their money and Rogers does bananas things for their uh, ratings. Just make people aware of that stuff. It's like every time there's an advertisement, every time there's not an advertisement, not an ad is an ad. That stuff's important. A lot of clarity need, needed for that stuff. Uh, Josh, you gave William Eichenberg his uh, shout out, which was very much deserved. Uh, I saw there's a clip of Mike McDaniel going over to the sideline and it kind of looked like Liam was just mentally preparing to be yelled at. I don't know if that was just like <laughs> past mistakes coming back to haunt him, but Mike McDaniel was so jazzed up about how he like cleared the hole on. I think it was Raheem Mostert's second touchdown. And two, shout out Durham Smythe, man. Put that guy 1v1 against anyone. We would say that he's kind of an okay blocker, but that touchdown uh, pass to Raheem Mostert where two was just kind of looking off in one direction, then he just kind of looks the other way and dumps the ball off to Mostert. I mean, Durham Smythe's pretty awesome too, and uh, hopefully we'll see Alec Engel be into the mix in these trick plays soon as well. Yeah, a lot of unsung heroes on this Miami Dolphins offense. Durham Smythe, one of them. Alec Ingold, one of them. How about a couple flowers for Julian Hill? Undrafted rookie tight end. He's been clearing lanes in that run game as well. He looks like a bully out there. Um, excited for his future. You know, future's bright with that one. So I just want to give a quick shout out to Julian Hill as well. Hot take? Go ahead. Call, call, call me. I, I want to shout out someone. I don't know if I, I probably did this earlier, but I want to give a shout out to Braxton Berrios. It seems like every game he only has two, you know, three catches, but they're always for a first down. He's 17 to 20 catches for 179 yards, one touchdown. 12 of those 17 catches have gone for first. So every game you watch, you see him getting a first. And it does look like he's doing the Jarvis Landry first down celebration. So I wanted to point Ooh. that out there. But give Braxton Berrios his flowers. And uh, the Miami Dolphins are using the most motion in the league. I think it's on 80% of their plays. So uh, tricky, tricky Mike McDaniel. Tricky, tricky. 
Guys, as we wrap up here, you teased it, and I, I appreciate that. Um, a stat for you both. The Miami Dolphins are undefeated when throwing a pick six. And let me tell you, when Mike White threw that pick six, my girlfriend thought my head was about to go through a wall. And I was about <laughs> to rampage through a house. Because, gentlemen, I had this unhinged, unhinged parlay going. Let me tell you the odds. Plus 10, 7, 4, 5. 10 bucks to win $1,084. Adam Thieland over 59 and a half. Chubba Hubbard under 15 and a half receiving. Raheem Mostert, one and it's that's not good radio. Uh Raheem, <laughs> I also I had three touchdown scores, Mostert Hill and Thieland, but the Dolphins, the spread was 14 and a half. So, guys, let me tell you this. I have never been so upset in my life when Mike White can't just complete a pass. They are up 21, and I just see him running down the field, the Carolina Panthers defender. Just I wasn't screaming, but just the, the F-bomb was coming out. So I just wanted to share that. It was a thrill. It was a blast. I love doing these parlays. If people are interested um, and want to get engaged and talk about them, I'm always on board to do that. I just know it's not everyone's cup of tea, and hey, that's totally cool, too. But uh, I just want to put it out there. She doesn't even listen to the show. I apologize to my girlfriend because I've never heard <laughs> in my entire life. No, you, I mean, you mentioned that you were in the DMs letting us know that big win. And, and that came on the exact same day that I had money on the Niners money line over, over the Browns who were playing a backup quarterback. And I also had money on the Eagles money line over the Jets. And uh, let's just say I was, uh, I was also screaming and cursing, but I didn't get the happy ending that you did. So <laughs> that's pretty awesome though. Winning over a thousand dollars on a $10 bet on a parlay. That's like what? Eight legs. One, two, three, four, five. Six. Yep, eight legs. And and did we start with scatting and are now ending with a happy ending? Did I did I get that right? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's this podcast. I, I do want to ask you, what was the was it a Whopper or Big Mac? What did you never have, uh, Jake? Because you have all that money, Scrooge McDuck. You may as well, you may as well go try one of them, right? Was it a Big Mac or a Whopper? I've never had either, but but we got to do something for that. I mean, if we're creating content, I feel like I should at least be in person with one of you guys for this, and you guys can maybe give me some like Kevin Harlan, uh, Lady in the Trampet. Yeah, <laughs> he's got the pickles. He's something got like Big Mac. He's got Big Mac. <laughs> they got that new what is it, Mambo sauce and like spicy jelly at McDonald's right now. I want to try. I'd have to be a little drunk for that. They got a ghost pepper Whopper at Burger King. I don't like Burger King, but I had to try it. How is it? Is, is it is it spicy? Does it hurt it's, coming it's, out? Yeah, it, always, but it's <laughs> it could be hotter. Chick Fil A, Burger King, or McDonald's? That's so tough. It just depends on what type of mood you're in. If it's a Sunday, you can't even go to Chick Fil A. So Chick Fil A is a goat, as far as I'm concerned. I do really love some Chick Fil A, but I'll tell you what: Burger King gets a bad rap, and ninety percent of the time it sucks. But if you go to the Burger King on the right day and the right person's working 10% of the time and they make you that, my, my order is a double Whopper with cheese, no onion. If I can get a perfect double Whopper with cheese, no onion, it might very well be the best fast food burger. But it, it's only good 10% of the time. So you're really roll, rolling the dice on that. Scatman approved. <laughs> And then, and then Taco Bell is the toughest because you got to eat it in 45 seconds. Otherwise, it tastes gross. So it's, it's, it's a race against time with all these things. Gentlemen, it has been so much fun to be back with you guys. Thank you both again so much for uh, filling in for me. And thank you, everyone out there, for listening and uh, tuning in. The Dolphins are 5-1, and one, guys. And uh, 
a win on Sunday, and and I, I've been I've been a cocky Dolphins fan on on Twitter the last few weeks, but I I think a win on Sunday just kind of that might put it through the roof. I I might be blocked by a handful of different accounts. I do, think do we need a pre- do we need a prediction? We need a prediction from Merrick, right? That's true. That's true. Actually, and and fun fact: every time Merrick's kid gets a prediction right, that pays for a semester of tuition. Yeah, I get a bonus from from the episodes when that happens. So, uh, all right, I, I talked to the kiddos yesterday. My oldest son is predicting a Dolphins victory, twenty four to fourteen. My youngest son uh, is predicting a Dolphins victory. He's he's drinking the Kool Aid, twenty to fourteen. Uh, so both of them having the eagle have the Eagles scoring fourteen. I hate to be Debbie Downer after such a great podcast, but I'm going to actually take the Dolphins to lose this one. I, I would like to know the status of Xavier Howard before I lock it in. Um, but but as of right now, with that offense looking good, we didn't even talk about the fact that the Eagles signed Julio Jones this week. Like, what the hell? That came out of left field. Is he playing but, cornerback for him? <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. But uh, I think – yeah, I think I'm going to do it. I hate to do it. I hate being the Debbie Downer. Find me on Twitter at mbrave13 if you want to call me a moron. But I, I'm going to take the Eagles, and I think it's the it's the defense that lets the Dolphins down this week. I, I'm taking a, a 28-24 to 24 victory for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it makes me sad. It hurts my heart a little bit, but, you know, we got to cool the Jets. we got to we, we, we have those reminders every Eagles, now and again. We we got to cool our jets so that we can have that reminder every now and again that that you know what we can't put the cart in front of the horse. We gotta we gotta stack these wins. We gotta we gotta we gotta fight for what we want. And if we want to hold a hoist a Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season, you gotta go through trials and tribulations along the way. And a loss on Sunday Night Football against the Eagles and their Kelly Green throwbacks might be one of those uh, one of those tribulations. Sorry. Josh is sick. <laughs> He's seething. Josh is going to the game. So Jake, if you're if you get if my kids are right and you're right and the and the Dolphins do lose, or excuse me, the Dolphins do win this game in Philadelphia, we may never see Josh again. He might get murdered on the mean streets of Philly on his way out of uh, out of the stadium there. Yeah, say a prayer for me, but um yeah, that broke my heart listening to you say that. I mean it's an uphill battle now for sure. Guys, I want to ask sorry, I have one I'm I'm gonna ask one more question say, say you have one question give us two come on i know how funny <laughs> you think that all right my, my final question for you guys is what's your favorite color and how do you respond to people who have said that the dolphins have not played any tough opponents especially if they lose to the eagles how, how do you how do you show your face on twitter as a five and two fan of a team that has the best offense in football how could you possibly show your face if you lose to another good football team in prime time against a team wearing kelly greens in a stadium that's a little scary, a little scary to say. <laughs> yeah, that would be rough. That would be rough. You know, I, I get it. I get why people are saying the Dolphins haven't beaten any good teams. But I said this with Josh on Monday. The Dolphins, they beat a Chargers team that has a good offense, and it was on the road week one, and they showed a lot of poise coming back in that one and winning that game. Then they beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, also on the road, when the Patriots were not injured. They had a – they had a – they had some offensive line issues, but they still had Christian Gonzalez. They still had Matthew Judon. Bill Belichick was, you know, still a good coach then. I think he sucks now, according to Twitter. But uh, the Patriots weren't, you know, an abject failure of a franchise like they are now. 
back then. You know, they, they go down to the Buffalo Bills. That was a good team on the road. They spanked us. We're going to give them that. But they haven't just beaten bad teams since then. They've completely dominated bad teams, you know, since, since I guess the Broncos game was prior to the Bills game. But they haven't just beaten these terrible teams. They've completely demolished and crushed them and, and, and you know, buried them six feet under. Like, they're, they're winning by wide margins. The Dolphins didn't score a single point in the first quarter against the Carolina Panthers and still finished with 42 points for the game. Come on now. Like, yeah, we're not – we're not beating great teams, but we're crushing bad ones. So you, you play who you play. The schedule is what it is. We're getting to the good teams now. Let's find out what these Dolphins are made of. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, everyone was looking at Dolphins' schedule and saying it was one of the toughest, right? Is that not the case? So um, it's not our problem that the Dolphins have gone out there and taken advantage of everyone that's been before them. You mentioned it, Jake. Um, how would we feel showing our face, you know, five and two? I mean, I think we'd all still feel like we're right on par of the course, right? For me, I just hope that this is a good game. I hope that when I'm down there – um, you know, as a fan of the Dolphins wearing my gear, that this isn't a complete blowout and I'm not ending up as, uh, you know, the Undertaker six feet under. So it'll be interesting. I'm super tri- Neither of you answered the first question. Oh, my favorite color is orange. Dolphin colors. My kids will tell you it's dolphin colors. Everything's dolphin colors to them. If Merrick says orange, you're supposed to say banana, Josh. That's Banana. Banana. <laughs> Blueberry. At Embrave 13, at Houts. You both have said it all. Thank you all so much for listening to another Dolphins podcast. It was great to be back with both of you. We will be back tomorrow. I'll have Kat with me as we'll start talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. But until then, have a wonderful day. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up, baby. Fins up. Fins up. Fins up.